listen harder. Okay, we're live. Hello, I'm Tanya. And this is Brandy. And you're you are listening, listening to Listen, listen harder. harder. Yay! <laughs> the podcast where we are trying to listen to what's happening in the world around us. And, and in our hearts. Interpreting it through our hearts. Yeah, and learning from everyone and everything. We're so excited because today we have a guest. A guest. <laughs> and not just any guest. He's in our he's our family. Yes. Like in every sense of the word. Yeah. And he's gonna be so part of this podcast from the future, from here. He's already been a part of it, but yeah. from like into the future, you're gonna see a lot more of him. Yeah, and, and he's gonna be on multiple, multiple times. Yeah, yeah. If if he lets us put him there, which I think he will. Yeah. But his name is Justin, Justin Green. Green. Wow, wow, wow. <laughs> <laughs> we should invest in sound effects. Oh yeah, we should. Or not. But also, I like our versions. Yeah. <laughs> Justin Green, um, is an enigma. Yes. I don't think uh he's he, you're just lucky if you meet someone like him. And yeah. you are cuz you're going to hear him on this podcast, exactly. but he's an artist. Yes. He's outgoing, he's down to earth, he's fun. He's a creator. He's a creator to the utmost degree. He's an old soul in a young, sexy, yeah. fashionable body. Yeah, he has he has so much wisdom uh, yeah. to share uh, with everyone that he knows. He's a teacher. I don't know how. You're you're right, because he has that old soul, so that's how he knows all of this stuff. There's yeah. no other way. Yeah. Anyways, yeah. we should yeah. introduce him, probably. Yeah. Have him say hello. Here's Justin. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Um, I can't wait to live up to every single expectation <laughs> that's now set upon me for this podcast. You already do. <laughs> That was amazing. I could listen to this whole episode of you guys just talking about me. <laughs> um, I don't mind continuing on because there's more to that bio. But anyways, yeah. <laughs> um, so we're rounding out 2020. Yeah. Um, we're recording this in December. I don't know when this will come out. Probably January. Oh. Oh yeah, probably probably January. We're Sorry. doing some mic sharing yeah. today. <laughs> yeah, let me just explain something. We forgot to bring the other microphone, so Tanya and I are like passing back the microphone to. So hopefully that works. Um, I probably shouldn't have said that because you wouldn't have even known. Yeah, if it doesn't work, then you, you won't know. Yeah, I think what we can do is I'll just we'll just go like this with the mic. It'll, it'll work. I think Tanya just did a squeezing motion with her hand. Yeah, but Brandy grabbed the mic without doing the squeezing motion, but so the, the system is flawed <laughs> from the I, jump. I knew what she meant, so it worked out pretty well. Yeah, um, if but, anyone can share a mic with you, I feel like you'll be able to pick up each other's. We've already gotten critiques where our voices sound the same. My friend Seth was like, I can't tell the difference between you guys, so it just sounds like one person talking in disjointed sessions. <laughs> Which I'm okay with that critique. It's yeah. fine. That's hilarious. There is a theory that Tanya and I are the same person. Yeah. Uh, we're so different, but yet literally the same person. Um, I don't... Again, we always talk about things being incongruous, but existing in the same moment, and that's what Tanya and I are. We're the same person, but not. Yeah, can confirm from being friends with both of them for a very long time. Best friends. 
best friends, yeah. <laughs> they are the exact same person. Best friends. But yes, Justin, we're excited to have you on today. And what we like to do is we usually kind of, you know, see what's like on our hearts or minds or things we've heard during the week or month or anything that's like spoken to us. So is there something in your heart and soul that's yearning to discuss or come out? I don't think that sentence makes sense, but you know. Yeah, no, I get it. And I, there, there is. So it's, it's funny that you guys mentioned like um, kind of like wrapping up this year and uh, where we are right now in December and what, and what that kind of means and how we're all kind of looking towards the future and deciding, you know, what we want to do in 2021. Hopefully we can go out and do those things. But I feel like 2020 was so transformative um, for me specifically. And I've been thinking about it this week because kind of like, as you guys mentioned, I'm doing art, I'm starting to freelance, like all that stuff's kind of coming out. Um, and I've learned how much you kind of have to like advocate for yourself. And that's honestly something I, I guess I want to talk to you guys about is kind of that journey and that experience. And, you know, when do you go from, you know, feeling like you could do something to believing you could do something to then actually doing something, you know what I mean? Because I feel like it's, it's a journey to get from like step one to step two, but then step two is what leads you to three, four, five, six, seven, you know what I mean? Yeah, I think it, it really starts with throwing off the shoulds that society gives us because part of not believing that we can follow our joy is we don't think there's a path that has our joy married with it. And so, and I think that's partly because the society is a whole or whatever. There's these like, you should do this and you should do that. And those shoulds aren't always in alignment with that. And so it's kind of interesting. You have to first throw those off and be like, I can follow this before you can really even start making a move towards it. Yeah, that's actually so funny that you mentioned it, because literally that was almost a conversation that Tani and I were having on the car ride here to film this. But we were talking, like, there's a lot of, I feel like, I think you're right, a societal expectation of, like, a timeline. By this age, you know, I'll, you know, settle down and I'll get a house. And by this age, I'll get married and, like, have a kid or whatever it is. And I, I agree. I do think the first step is getting rid of that. But I feel like we also have personal shoulds and you know, rules for us that we, or things that we want for ourselves that, you know, may not align with society. Maybe we've accepted that, like, hey, I'm not going to follow society's, you know, timeline. But then we, we still have personal things that I think we put on us that make it hard to break that feeling, too, if that makes sense. That makes complete sense. I think I'm trying to figure out where I want to start with this, because, like, for the advocating for yourself, I guess, like, being honest with yourself and also, like, knowing, like, paying attention to when you are dismissing your needs and and not and not uh showing up for them and kind of letting those go at the expense of whatever is happening around you and I also think a lot of the what what's really important okay I'm going in like a lot of different directions the first thing is is that you can find evidence for whatever you believe right so like it you you have to choose what you believe and I don't think there's any more important cause in the entire universe than to believe in yourself and your dreams. Why wouldn't you at least try? That's the first thing. Like you, you, you owe that to yourself and to the people around you because what your magnificence that like lies inside of you, if you don't get to share that with people, other people might not have that spark inside of them go off. It's, it's a chain reaction. So 
whether you believe in yourself or whether you don't, you're going to find evidence for that because that's what we do as humans. We search for, for what we believe uh, for things that will be like, see, we try to prove ourselves right constantly. So that's the first thing. And the second thing I'd like to talk about is that I think it's really important to who you surround yourself with. Surround yourself with people who do believe in you because even if your muscle isn't strong of believing in yourself right away, if you have those other people who see something in you, eventually you're going to see it too, you know, and they're going to, they're going to, they're going to help you to grow that muscle. Yeah. I think you bring up a great point. And I think I, it kind of, you know, makes me want to ask you guys a question because I feel like you are both like two of the most people who are like the most empathetic, cares about other people, puts other people. Go on. <laughs> this is my podcast now where I talk about how great Tanya and Brandy are. Um, but I think you guys are two of the most caring people. And I, I, I'm wondering if there's, if you guys have ever felt there's good and bad with that in the sense of, I feel like we've talked about this. I pointed at Tanya. We've talked about this. Uh, but I, I wonder if it's, easier for a lot of people to believe in other people over believing in themselves right like I think that and I've you know been guilty of this of being like well I can't do it I'm not good enough to do this but literally any other person on this planet could do it or say that they want to do it and I would believe that they had a better shot at doing it over me and working through that cycle of thinking I feel like has been the biggest part of 2020 for me Yeah, um, I think it comes down to really how we see ourselves. We have to live with ourselves. We have to live with our brains. We have to live with our thoughts. Everything, all of our experience, our past, our present, our future dreams, all of that's mixed in us. And we don't have that when we look at other people. So all of that, it's great information, but sometimes it might be information overload. And so I think it clouds the way we see ourselves a lot. And it's... We have this brain that wants to have its say over what we're looking at when we evaluate ourselves physically and internally. So the brain's like, ah, but this, ah, maybe this. And so it's really, I think, learning how to see ourselves. I know this is a a side note. I remember I was in, when I was in my master's degree program, there was uh, this kind of difficult math class that I was in. And... I remember saying, I'm like, this is hard. This is hard. And then I decided to just tell myself it was simple. This is actually really simple. You just need to break it down and go, it's this, this, and this. And then once I did that, it changed everything. I was like, oh, this is really simple to do. But for a long time, I had this, I saw myself as someone that struggled with this topic. But once I flipped the way I was looking at myself with it, I then was able to tackle it in a different way. And it's cool because it's the same moment. So we have to realize that our perception of ourselves isn't concrete. And just because you may see yourself as like, oh, I'm not good at this or I'm this, it's not true because you can flip it and change it immediately. Yeah, that's a really good point. And it's so funny that this episode started with so many compliments for each other. Because I feel like there's (laughs) lots of times when people get compliments and they're like, that's not me. I'm not that. I'm not those things. Uh, And I do you think you are the, it's the same thing like you are those things and you have to think those things about you because I always say like if, if like if you don't support yourself like why should anyone else you know what mm. I mean and that's uh, a big lesson I feel like that I've had to learn but it, it can be really hard and it does flip and I think it doesn't just flip and stay there it's not like you're someone who's like ah, oh, like I don't like the way I look I don't like the way I look and then one day you wake up and you're like ah like I do like the way I look and then you just keep it forever like I feel like there are days where you're like 
Ooh, like I don't really like the way I look today, but today I feel pretty hot. I'm also thinking of myself waking up. I have like a like a, a full length mirror. That's my closet, and I wake <laughs> up every day, and I'm like, oh my, oh my god. I feel like this is something that you truly, truly excel at. This is something I've always admired about you, Justin. Is your confidence in yourself? There's so much of you that's just been confident and accepting yourself and going forward and I've seen you embracing these beautiful things about you has made it so that way you're going to be so successful and that you already are successful so to me that's a shining example of how a mindset can propel you forward thank you well that's so nice but I and I, and I agree uh well, kind of like what I'm thinking too is I feel like at least what I try to do is um think those things are true about me and feel like those things are true about me because I feel those I feel that way about the people that I'm surrounded by you know what I mean I think it's like it takes a certain kind of person to be like well I'm great and everyone around me is <laughs> trash um but I'm genuinely inspired and feel you know a lot of admiration for the people I surround myself with and I'm also someone I surround myself with so I, I feel like it's one of those things where it's like we all have to you know, like, why would I not fit in in this group of people? You know what I mean? Like, I'm a, I guess I'm a big advocate for, like, hyping yourself up the same way you hype other people. I'm so sorry, Tanya. So this just makes me think of that whole can-do attitude, which in my brain just sounds so uh, hokey. But it's a real thing. Having a can-do attitude can actually propel you that way. I do. I do think it's the can-do attitude. but I, And I also think it's, uh, like, with Justin in particular, uh like we were just talking about something prior to this and we were talking about how you're always nervous before you do something, but it doesn't stop you from doing the thing. And then once you're in it, you're just like, Wee! and you're like, okay, and like, I can do this. It's, I think a lot of people stop at the, the nervous point and they, because here's the thing, and this is something that 2020 has taught me a lot, is if you're expecting your mind to stop having negative thoughts and stop telling, mm. like having doubts or things like that, that's not going to happen. Yeah. The thing is understanding that you're going to have those things. And sometimes you even entertain them for a while, but being able to push past those and being like, I hear these things. This, I understand that these thoughts exist, but I'm not going to let those thoughts keep me from doing what I want to do. And another thing that I found interesting this year, and I actually just had this thought yesterday because Justin introduced me to the show Big Mouth, and I'm rewatching it from the beginning. So in the beginning, there's uh, in, like the first couple seasons, there's this um, there's this character that shows up, and he's the shame monster, shame wizard, shame wizard. Yeah, he's the shame wizard. And shame is such a such a horrible feeling, and we and there's so many different things that we deal with as humans that are horrible feelings. But something that I've been really contemplating recently is like, okay, what are my weaknesses? And I'm putting those in parentheses because I feel like sometimes I get down on myself about a lot of things, like, well, you do this and you do this. But you can honestly take your weaknesses and shift them into strengths, and that's what I'm working. So it's like, okay, this thing exists in me, but I get to nurture it and use it how I want to. So it's like, it's not going to go away, but I can make it work for me instead of against me. Yeah, and I think it's interesting. And I think in the same way, like a lot of your strengths can kind of become weaknesses too. Like it kind of goes both ways. I think what 
I think the best quality you can have in like a conversation like this is just a really strong sense of self where you like, you know who you are, you know what you want, you know where you are and you know, like, and you continually do that check-in process. I feel like that's something that 2020 has forced us all to do is just live with our thoughts because we don't have the distraction of doing anything to kind of distract us. So I feel like, you know, we all hit points where we're like, ah, I've worked through this issue about myself and I'm starting to like heal. And then you're like, oh God, it goes deeper. Like I have more issues and then <laughs> more issues. But like, it's, it's really forced us all, I feel like to, you know, really sit down and really check in with ourselves. And I think that's such a valuable skill in, in, you know, your growth is making sure that you can at any point be like, how, how am I? How do I feel? I'm touching my chest. How am I? How do I feel about this? Like, where do I want to be with this? Yeah. Yeah, and I think a struggle comes from that. You are a person that has very strong self, if you know yourself. And I don't think that's really true for everyone. And I think that's an okay and almost a great place to be because now all the opportunities are available for you. There's so much potential in that moment. And instead of looking at it as something scary, as you don't know yourself, changing that mindset to being excited, to learning more things about yourself, and you don't have to know your whole self. You never, you're, and you're never going to. FYI, um, <laughs> spoiler, <laughs> spoilers. Um, what? But the the thing to do, I think, is really look in and be like, what brings me joy, what makes me happy, what makes me excited, what makes me forget about how much time has passed. When when do I lose? Where do I lose myself? What am I willing to get up at eight a.m. for? Like mm. this podcast, I don't. <laughs> get up at 8 a.m. for a lot of things, but I'll get up (laughs) at 8 a.m. to figure this out. So it's kind of like, what are those? And if you start paying attention to those little sparks, then those are the things of discovering yourself and what makes you happy. You start following those and then you learn more. But it's, it's what you said. It's diving in and asking yourself those questions. Who am I? What am I? Where am I? What's going on? Why am I feeling this? Go in. Yeah, I think, and a lot of that growth and a lot of that, you know, confrontation I think with yourself happens in the hardest moments the darkest moments in your life like uh for example uh Randy loves to hear this fact but I started uh college as a biomedical engineering major I just need to say Justin I don't know how he's so young and has done so much because before he's like yeah when I was in art school and I for the longest time that's all I thought he did was art school and then he was like, oh, and then when I was a biomechanical engineer <laughs> and taking Calculus 3, I was like, excuse me? What? When did this happen? Like, Yeah, it all happened very quickly for a very short amount of time in my life. <laughs> but I remember because, like, I, I thought going out of high school, like, this is what I'm supposed to do. This is what I want to do. I was um, hell-bent. I'm going to develop artificial organs. Like, that's what I wanted to do. That's what I thought I wanted to do. And I feel like it was the first time in my adult life where I was confronted by the idea of what I thought I wanted to be versus what I actually wanted to do. And it was my first moment of deep self-reflection because I could not wake up at 8 a.m. to go to class. I had so many 8 a.m. classes. Uh, FYI, never take an 8 a.m. class. Like, never. It will never work. It will never work. Um, However, when did you know? Like, how did you know that you were on an incongruous timeline? Yeah, so, well, so it was weird. Like, I was one of those kids in high school who was smart and didn't have to try that hard. And then college comes and they're like, you'll have to try. You can't just do it. I'm like, yeah, okay, whatever. Uh, and so I wasn't really trying, right? So I didn't start to do well. And then I realized that I, I didn't care that I wasn't doing well. Like, I was just still just trying to survive. And it took a really long time. My whole freshman year, I was like, 
wow, I don't know why I'm doing this. Like I, I got in on a scholarship. Like I was, uh, I was at, at risk for losing that scholarship. Like it was horrible. But like, even though it was so bad, I couldn't do anything to make it better. Like I would literally just like lay in my bed for days at a time being like, uh, I'm just not going to go to school today. And no one noticed or no one really cared. Um, but I, there was one day my sophomore year where I was like, fine, like, let me, you know, drag myself to class. Cause I don't know what this class is. Honestly, it was cause I had a group project. Like I was in a group for that class. The fear of disappointing someone else is much stronger than my like sense of that and no shame or whatever, of like wanting to do my own thing. So like I showed up for this group assignment or whatever, and I got to class early and the teacher was just like, you know, and he wasn't even talking to me. I just like overhearing the conversation. He was like, you know, if you're not enjoying the homework or enjoying you know coming to class this probably isn't for you because this is what you'll be doing the rest of your life mm. and I was like oh shit so I got up and I just left and I resigned from everything like that and I just stopped doing classes and I just literally sat through the catalog of school being like okay well next semester what do I actually want to do I'll switch my major and that kind of like set me off I think it's amazing that you had that awareness mm-hmm. Because if I were in that situation, I probably would have been punishing myself and saying, what's wrong with you, Brandy? Like, why can't you do this thing? You've done this in your past. And it would have just been this barrage of horrific, you know, mean thoughts to myself. Oh, they were there. A (laughs) hundred percent. They were there. And it was tough. Like, because I I had never struggled in school before. So even my mom was like, what's going on? You're resigning the semester? Like, I, I have a twin sister, which is a great direct comparison to what you're doing. I think at the time. She was a computer science major. Like, she's also bounced all around, but she was heavy in computer science. And I was like, I think I want to do art. Like, I didn't even, like, really have a concrete plan. And I had never drawn anything in my life. Like, I stopped taking art classes in middle school. And I was like, yeah, I think art school is my passion now. And no one believes me. Even now, I feel like people are like, that's what you're doing. And I'm like, yeah, but I, I have a deeper sense of, like, yeah, this is what I want to do. Uh, so yeah, those dark thoughts were there, but I think I just reached a point that was like my rock bottom where I was like, okay, like you need to change something. Something clearly isn't working. And so in your brain, um, were you, cause I know the shoulds of society would be like, no, this bioengineer mechanical yeah, that's ad, it. ad words, yeah. um, is, you know, this is a great path. This is something that's going to bring about money and stability and dependability and, and this is, you know, prestige yeah. and art is highly, you know, it has, it's frowned upon and it has so much negative stuff right. attached to it. Like, how do you make, make a, a living, living with it? Yeah, 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 yeah. And so, like, it's amazing that you just flipped that. You were like, I don't, I'm following my joy. Yeah, I think it's, it's weird for me specifically. I feel like the societal pressures weren't very strong. Like, I feel like I was like. I just want to make sure that I'm doing what I'm passionate about, which is hilarious because my family, I feel like, is not necessarily the opposite, but I feel like my family, if you ever listen to this, hi, uh, <laughs> I feel like they're very money-oriented or, like, you know, they're kind of more like, I want to make this amount of money so I can live the lifestyle I want and do what I want outside of work. And I'm very much like, I want to make sure I love what I'm doing or else I can't do the work. Like, that's what I learned, you know, I guess that hard lesson when I was a biomedical engineering major. I just think that's so cool that your teacher said that. Yeah, because and I wasn't it, even supposed to really hear it. Like, I was just got... Sure. Yeah, if it wasn't... Yeah. <laughs> Tanya just said, okay, yeah. you're supposed to hear it. We'll go with that. <laughs> well, it's true. The universe, like, that's, that's actually a really good point. I feel like the universe is always giving you signs as to, like, something's not right here, right? And you have to just, like, 
eventually listen to them because it doesn't get easier. It's only going to keep getting harder and harder. You'll keep finding a deeper rock bottom until you decide to, you know, make the change that you want to see. So I listened to, I don't know, my brain through it because I was like, cool, I need to get a stable job so that way I can do the things I love. And then I spent all this time, you know, learning this thing, which I enjoyed. However, I, I spent seven years and billions of dollars, not billions, <laughs> but relative to my bank account, it's a lot of money. Um, I spent all this time and money on this subject. I've spent, that's not what I wanted to do. So that way I could get the time to do something else. And then I found I, I, it did open it up so I could get a job that would let me do some of the things that I wanted to do. But not in the capacity that I wanted to. Like, I thought it was going to give me more freedom. And really, it didn't give me freedom. Mm. It gave me an avenue to dabble in those things. But then I still was tethered to this thing that now is my life. Yeah. And that I have to, like, I, I don't have to use. So I'm kind of trying to figure out how I how I move on to a different thing. But, yeah, it wasn't it wasn't what I thought. Yeah, you know, that's so interesting. And same thing, like, I went to art school and then did that for a year and a half and then dropped out of art school. So it's, I didn't even finish that. Um, but it's, it's interesting because something I heard a long time ago that I think helped shift my mindset on this, especially, like, goals that we set on ourselves, is not to necessarily think of them as goals, but think of them as targets. Because if they're targets, you're heading towards them uh, while they feel right. And, you know, you're going through them and the small target becomes bigger and bigger and bigger. And then through that process another target might show up and it's bigger than the one that you're heading towards. You can just kind of shift where you're heading and go into a different direction, right? Like I went to art school for game art and design because I thought I wanted to make video games and you know, maybe that's still something I want to do with an emphasis on diversity. I'm big on diversity. <laughs> but um, you know, through that, I, I kind of found illustration and graphic design and things that I'm doing now, like that I didn't even know that I wanted to do back then. So I think kind of like what you're saying, like it's great to have goals, but don't be afraid to shift those goals when you realize they're not necessarily working out for you or, or a bigger goal kind of pops up, a bigger target. Yeah, and I think another thing, like Brandy, when you were talking that just came up for me that I like to always emphasize to people is to trust the timing of your life because everything I truly believe happens as it should, when it should. So some people like come to a certain point, I guess, later in quotations than other people. But the timing is all aligned for a reason in the way that it's meant to be aligned. And I, and I know you know this too, but everything that you've learned or all the experiences that you've had because of the path you've walked so far are going to lend themselves to wherever you're going now. And it's going to, it only makes sense backwards. We've talked about this before. So when you get to a certain point now, in the middle of 2021, you're going to look back and be like, oh my God, that's why all these things. And I love when those things happen. It's the best. <laughs> and we all have a theory that Tanya already knows all those things. And so she just quietly nods like, mm -hmm, yeah. yeah, you, yeah. you, I already knew this. I'm glad you know it now. <laughs> Yeah, Tanya sees. <laughs> Tanya knows where everyone is heading, and she can gently nudge you whenever sure you're feeling don't. discouraged. I sure don't. But you guys can believe what you want to believe. <laughs> but like, I do think uh, Justin, like when, like listening to you talk about that, that's how I always know when someone's an artist is because Give you know science <laughs> because you 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 can't help but 
be surrounded by a family that's like, this is what you do and this is what you do and, you know, money and all that. And like money, it's like, everyone likes money. Like it's not like if anyone who's like, I don't like money. I'm like, I don't believe you. Like, of course, everyone likes money. It's a, it's, it provides you with opportunity and things, but to, but to not like, to like know that you're going to have to live a life where you're not going to have it for so long, which is the plight of the artist. Right. Um, and still choose that is like, cause you can't help it. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's how, you know, like, it's like, listen, there's going to be some struggle. <laughs> I get that, but it's worth it. You know? Yeah. I think a big lesson for me and what I ask myself a lot when I'm like, oh, I don't know if this is the right step or this is where I want to go. I almost, I ask myself like, well, what's the alternative? Like what, what else could I be doing? And I kind of, I guess make a quick pros and cons list. But like, for example, I, during this pandemic was for a time like looking for like a steady nine to five job because I did have no income. I, I still have very little income. If anyone needs a freelance designer, <laughs> just message Brandy and Tanya. He's very, very good. Please hire me. Yes. Um, but right, I didn't have, like I wanted to get a nine to five and kind of get that stability. And I, I ended up getting a, you know, job offer and I sat there and it was like steady like nine to five and it was like going to pay actual money. And I was like, I was talking to Tanya right after and I was like, I have this now and I don't think that I want it. Like it just doesn't fit with, I guess, what I actually envisioned for myself. And that comes like there's, you know, privilege of being able to say that. Like I didn't need to get a nine to five job because I have like other responsibilities or, you know, I, I recognize that. But for my personal life, I, I was decided not to take it. And even though I'm struggling more now, it still feels like the right choice. Like I, I love being like, well, what, what else? What's the alternative? That is a, a good point because I wanted to ask you this. I am a person that in my brain, I go, okay, this is what I want, but I know I'm going to need money and I have bills. So I'm going to take this nine to five job and I'm going to save up the money. So that way, like I've actually given this advice to someone and, and I don't know if it's good advice. It's a friend who he really, really wants to be a television writer. And I'm like, cool. If you want this, maybe you work for six months, you save up the money so that way you can move to LA and you won't have to worry about paying rent for maybe the first two or three months. And then you can really, you know, network. And in the meantime, you can start building up your resume and creating like writing stuff. Like that was my plan, but you have a completely, you're like, no, just go. So where's the balance in that? That's such a great question. And I, I feel like it definitely varies between each person. And I think you first kind of have to decide what safety net they need to feel comfortable in pursuing whatever they want to be doing. Like for me, I, I have, and this is like you kind of where that privilege comes in, but I know I have a safety net. Like I, for whatever reason, like, you know, couldn't afford groceries or couldn't afford living somewhere. Like I know I have like my mom who would help me out. So like my safety net's a little bit, you know, different than I guess everyone's situation. But I think it is something to consider because part of that, me not taking that nine to five job, I was telling Tanya, I was like, I'm going to be, you know, getting up early and then, you know, coming home late, depending on the job that I'm doing. I'm not going to want to then spend another three hours a day, four or five hours, you know, making more art or like, you know, creative flexing more muscles. And I, I saw myself, literally doing this job for years and then not having anything to show for it. And like that, I guess, is like my biggest fear. Like, I don't want to just get comfortable. My One of my biggest fears is getting comfortable in life and just seeing all this time that like kind of pass. But I think if someone's like, yeah, you know what, my for my life right now, I need 
three months rent. I need six months rent. I think as long as you're not catching yourself consistently putting off trying because you're afraid to jump, like at some point you do have to make the jump, but I don't think anyone else can decide when that time is besides you. Yeah, I completely agree with that because I do think like that's great advice, Brandy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like it's wonderful advice, especially when like a move is involved as well because you want that that like cushion and I also like I, I also don't think there's anything wrong with a, a nine to five you know like it's that's definitely there's so many I think there's like a a quote by one of the fa- fashion designers I don't I don't remember which one uh don't worry we'll look it up we'll put it in the show notes <laughs> as we always do <laughs> I know I never remember but she was like I loved this company I worked for I considered them my investors so like she worked for a company until she could start her own fashion line or whatever and she looked at them as their investors. So there's not anything inherently wrong with it. I think what like I think what happens sometimes is people just kind of like just go along and lose direction and like the like if you're not consistently like feeding your spark or finding those things that fan that flame inside of you then it can, you know, die out and like, you'll get to a point where you're like, where, what happened? Where is it? So like, I think, I think it's important. That's what we were talking about earlier, like constantly checking in with yourself and asking myself, like, am I like what Justin was saying? Like, am I okay? Like, is this what, what's happening? Like, is this what I want? Because you can, we've talked about this before. You could think that there's something that you want and just keep going. And if you don't check in with yourself, that could have changed along the way. And then now you're, you know, this far in into a certain goal and you're like this I'm a different person now so and also what to lend to what Justin was saying being able to just be like all right well this isn't what I want anymore and then go in another direction which is it's hard to let go of things you know yeah I think you make a really really good point and that's the thing too that check is so important like I know for me right now in my lifestyle like I don't necessarily want a comfortable life I also <laughs> but I'm not like comfort I guess isn't necessarily like what I'm striving for right now like, I know I have plenty of friends in my hometown that are like, I just, you know, want to have my nine to five clock out and be with my family, start a family, buy a house. Like, that gives me hives. That's not what I personally <laughs> want to do. But um, it doesn't mean I, I, I won't change my mind. That's why I think that check-in is so important. Yeah. Definitely. That's something of what you were saying. I don't remember, but... Um... I think it's important to access your or to understand your level of risk that you're willing to do because all of this is, you know, following this is a risk. And so some people want to feel like, you know, maybe you need to have a safety net. Maybe you don't. Yeah. Um, and, and you're okay with just jumping and going. And there's something great about that too. I agree. I think the skill that I've developed is like once I realize that I don't want something, it's a, it's a good thing and a bad thing, I think. But once I realize I don't want something or I don't want to do something, like, I just won't do it. I'll be like, not for me. And, like, I will have no problem leaving. Like, I remember the first job I ever got. I feel like my mom's like this, too. But uh, the first job I got, it was as an engraver at Things Remembered. <laughs> uh, what a useless skill. Uh, anyway. Uh, it was, don't and, know that. That's true. When engraving comes back. Yeah. <laughs> um, I just want to make a disclaimer. It's diamond tip engraving, not laser engraving. Okay. Uh, I always got that wrong. <laughs> that's why I, I have to make a disclaimer. I know some people are like, he knows how to work a laser. I don't. <laughs> um, no, you learned how to do a laser in the biomedical, yeah, yeah, yeah. mechanical engineering. I learned how to build the laser, but art taught me how to <laughs> properly utilize the laser. Um, so it was my first job, and I like, I really, really loved it for a while. I worked there 
uh, almost two years. Um, but I remember the day that I decided to quit. This is exactly how I quit that job. <laughs> Uh, my friend, my coworker at the time, she's my coworker. She got promoted to a manager. We we're all super happy, blah blah blah. And it was—it's a slow store, um, so like I would work a lot of shifts by myself. And uh, I took a vacation. Like it was me closing by myself, and the next day I was on vacation. Um, and she texted me that next day saying I messed something up, and she yelled at me over text while I was on vacation. And that immediately like flipped my mood. I texted my manager. I was like, I quit. Like I don't need this. Like. It takes very little for me to completely pivot and jump off. It's like, oh, I don't like this. Okay, bye. I think that's really, I think it's a great skill. I, it sounds probably not. Yeah, some it's ways. a good thing and a bad thing. <laughs> yeah, sure. but I think it's what Tanya had alluded to earlier is the fear of letting go of something. And you have just been like, this doesn't serve me anymore. Goodbye. Yeah. And I can't say how many times I've sat in something that didn't serve me. Oh. For an insane amount of time, mm -hmm. like years. Yeah. And it's, and it's, and I can feel, I know it's not serving me. I know I'm not happy, but there's like, oh, if I just keep going at it, things will change. I'm still getting something out of this. My brain's trying to reconcile, you know, uh, me staying. But I love the idea that the minute you got that this isn't for you, you acted on it. And yeah. I think that's where someone like me and probably a lot of people, of falter is not just acting. Yeah, I think, I mean, it's how I made every major life decision. It's the same thing, right? Like my mom, I remember asked me about, you know, moving to Vegas. I'm not originally from here, but the time she asked me, she's like, do you, cause she has a company here, long story short, she needs someone to run it. And I had no experience, but I was like, sure, like I'll move across the country and start doing it. Like I, I, I do think there's a lot of adventure and really great things that can come out of just making a choice and going with it but there's also probably a lot of really great things that you can learn from you know being in a situation i've never done that part so like i'm not sure <laughs> yeah i do i do think it's i do think it's both and every you know every path is different but yeah. i do think like i do think um to come back to like advocating for yourself like it man it's just it's just being with yourself more and paying attention, I think, I think that's the main thing. And like, as far as like believing in yourself, I think that comes from trying different things out and, and failing. And then the more and more you do it, and then you start having those like successes and seeing like, Oh my God, I think I, I think I can do this. I think it's, I think it's just like a journey. I don't, I don't think you, I don't think you believe in yourself all at once, but as long as you have that seed, of belief and you know it's there and you keep watering it and nurturing it I think that's the most important thing yeah I think what you kind of said really surmises the idea in my head is like there's no right or wrong way to do life and it's always shifting and changing and your journey is always shifting and changing and I guess if I had to boil it down to one piece of advice it would be just don't be afraid to follow where your path is taking you because the more that you resist it the harder I feel like you're going to make it on yourself and I mean we all live in Las Vegas so I'm going to make this poker analogy <laughs> I'm not a grand poker do you guys person. have poker where you are because we're in Las Vegas is it legal <laughs> um, <laughs> try it sometime. um but there's uh something that happens uh, again I'm not a poker aficionado mm -hmm. but there's something that happens where at some point in the hand, you may have bet a lot of money, but you realize you're not going to win this. And so there's a fallacy that happens where people are like, but I've already put in so much. I need to see it through. 
And so then the next bet, they, they still have to put in more to stay in the game, right? Because yeah. it's usually halfway through in like a seven card draw situation or probably, I don't know, other ones. Yeah, too. no, we're from Las Vegas. We, we, <laughs> yeah, know, we, we know, know what you're saying. We know. Uh, <laughs> but um, it's better to fold and cut your loss there than to stay in. And so I think that it's interesting because – I, sometimes I might, I would have been like, oh, let's stay in and see what happens. Where even knowing that it's, mm-hmm. it's not going to, it's not going to work out. Like, but I'm like, give up. It's you're like, fine. fold and try the next hand and yeah. see what happens. Yeah. Because oh, give up is, like, I think a lot of people think that giving up or, you know, not seeing something through is failure. And it's, it's not. It's a, it's a lesson. Especially after, like, in the gambling uh, metaphor, you've put already so much in the middle. Right, you've invested a lot. Exactly. So if we put this to something like you maybe built this skill, right, that you think now you have to do, or you yeah, built you this path. You put years in a career you know, or something. Exactly. Or this is my life. This is where I'm going now. Can't change it. Yeah. But you can choose at any moment to fold and get a new hand. Yeah. I... I've literally done this in my life, like, <laughs> like, uh, t- uh, talking about that, like, just completely, like, folding and starting over, and, like, it's hard, I'm not gonna act like it's not hard, but there's also so much joy in it, because it's, like, it's, like, okay, now I'm, now I know more than I did before, you know, and I've, uh, I've sat at so many different tables, and I've learned so many different things, and so now I'm, like, this, uh, new version of and I and yes I'm starting over but it's it's fun and it's you know like and like I said it's like I'm trusting the timing it's just like okay who says that it's all one straight path like like who says things keep getting better and better and better and better and that's how it goes or you get more and more and more and more and that's how it goes maybe it's this is better now here's a struggle oh my god look at this now here's a struggle oh my god now we have to let go of this oh my god now here's this like that's how i see life it's not just like this like progressive um line yeah you make a really good point and i think that's where it can kind of circle back that's where the societal pressures come into because we have this idea i think especially by um social media like we we just see people always sharing their successes right so like you know, especially as you get, you know, older, I'm kind of getting that age now too, where people are like, I bought my first house, or this is, you know, my baby or my baby's first house. And it's like, <laughs> it's like you're constantly, <laughs> your baby's first house. <laughs> Some of my friends are very rich. Um, but it's like, it's one of those things where you're like constantly comparing like, well, I don't have a baby and I don't have a house. And so like, I think that's where the pressure comes in is just the comparison, but they don't, you know, we don't know what's going on in their life. We don't know how happy they are. Like, and now they're stuck with a baby's house. Like, that's a big <laughs> investment. <laughs> um, something Tanya said. I there's a stupid little infographic thing or quote that I love, and it's "Life is the path of a drunken butterfly," and it's just this little curly cue. <laughs> it's a little curly cue of a path with a butterfly, and I just. Love it. <laughs> I do too. It's so like you know. It's like you make it beautiful. You make it what you want. It's it's your journey. It's your path. It's not all one line. You get to like you know and if, uh, uh, learn the art of letting go. Learn the art of hanging on when you need to. Learn all of those things because they're all important. And also like yes, your strengths can be weaknesses, but your weaknesses can also be strengths. You know what I mean? It's like, it's all just so interesting. 
Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. <laughs>